Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Shooting the Sports Podcast with Ebony and Ivory. My name's Jonathan. I'm the Ebony. And my name's Nick, and I'm the Ivory. Welcome into episode 18. And boy, do we have a good one for you today. Today, we're going to be going over our running back rankings for the upcoming fantasy season. And I know I've been looking forward to this one for quite a while. John, I know you're excited as well. Oh, I'm very excited. This is one of those ones we kind of marked off on our calendar. Absolutely. Yeah. Running backs are always fun to talk about every fantasy season. Um, So let's just jump right into it. Jonathan Taylor, we have ranked number one overall. Indianapolis Colts running back. He was running back one last year, uh, finished with over 1,800 yards, 332 carries, 20 total touchdowns, caught 40 passes, only 23 years old. And I think the combination of his youth and the volume that he's going to get with that team should make him a candidate to be the leading rusher, if not one of the top two in the league. Little fun fact for you, since 2000, 85% of running back one seasons happened between the age of 22 and 28. Um, And also since 1990, 72% of rushing leaders were 26 years old or younger. Jonathan Taylor fits both categories. All signs point to him having a great finish this year. He's got a really good offensive line. The only thing I'll add is kind of the icing on the cake is that last year this man finished with 92 red zone touches, and that was after finishing fifth as a rookie. So, uh, yeah, Jonathan Taylor, definitely a consistent, consensus number one um, argument that he could be the overall 101 uh, at the top of your draft. Absolutely. If, uh, if he doesn't go 101, the next guy on this list definitely should be the 101. Yep, and that's who I'm going back and forth because I actually have the 102 pick in our draft. And the number two running back we have on our list is none other than Christian McCaffrey, a.k.a. CMC of the Carolina Panthers. Here's why I love Christian McCaffrey. Even when he is injured, this man still puts up points. He just keeps doing it. I mean, when we look at he only played in four games last year, four games, mind you. And during that, he finished the RB1, RB3, RB4, and RB3. So, I understand injuries concerned with him, but when this man is healthy and on the field, he is by far the best running back in the league, bar none. Yeah, he actually played uh, He played seven total games last year. Um, a couple of those, yeah, he was banged up. But yeah, four out of those seven weeks was a top running back. So, CMC, always, always dangerous when he's on the field. You know, and even last year, in terms of the production he put out in the games that he played, it was still in in CMC terms, it was still considered a down year for him. Um, but yet, he still averaged eighteen point two fantasy points per game, which was fifth best in the league. Um, if he would have kept that average all season, he would have finished as RB five. So, and that's in a down season. I think I think CMC is almost a lock to get you twenty points a game. He had 41 targets in those seven games last year, almost six targets a game. Baker Mayfield last year with the Browns ranked 11th among quarterbacks in running back target percentage. So his running backs were targeted 20.8% of all passes. I think having a guy like CMC in the backfield, that percentage should go much higher, um, which would put him or put the Panthers among the league leaders for targeting running backs. 
So, quick question for you: Baker Mayfield as the potential number number starting quarterback for the Panthers. Does that hurt McCaffrey? Help McCaffrey? Do you, does it change your opinion at all on how his season goes? You know, I'm I'm not a big of a as big of a, a Baker hater as as some people are. Um, I don't think he's that terrible of a quarterback. Like I said, he was basically top ten, top eleven as far as targeting his running backs last year. I think that number goes up. Like I said, um, I don't think it hurts CMC at all. No, uh, I think if anything, CMC is going to continue to do what he's always done, and. Baker Mayfield's going to know that he has a safety blanket right behind him in the backfield on every play. And I, I think Baker utilizes that a lot this year. Agreed. So um, tell us who our number three is, Nick. Number three is Los Angeles Chargers running back Austin Eckler. He was the RB2 last year, 206 carries, 911 yards, 12 rushing touchdowns. Added 70 receptions for 647 yards and eight receiving touchdowns last year for a grand total of 20 touchdowns. Listen, when you're talking in terms of PPR, which, by the way, the all of these rankings are PPR rankings. Um, so Austin Eckler, obviously much, much higher. You know, if it's a non-PPR, Eckler's probably not going to be as high. But last year, you can add 70 points to his total for the receptions you know, that that's huge. When you have a running back that's catching wide receiver type numbers in receptions, that's going to be a big plus for you anytime. Um, Eckler's not a guy that's going to, he's not a guy that's going to threaten a thousand yards. Um, you know, 900 last year, that's probably about where he'll finish again around 900. I have him projected for about 860. I think his receiving numbers will go up a little bit because Justin Herbert's going to improve. I agree. I mean, the the thing about it, it goes right back to what you're saying. His demand of target share as a receiver, but he's a running back. I mean, last year, 13.9, almost 14% target share with the 70 receptions. Number two, only behind Najee, which, let's be honest, was getting thrown to by a, a weak Big Ben at that point. And the fact that he had 18 red zone touchdowns combined. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Austin Eckler, always dangerous when you get around that red zone. And and the thing too for for me is with the with the Chargers, Keenan Allen being one of their main main guys on that team, he's not a guy that's going to threaten many touchdowns throughout the year. Mike Williams is going to catch a few, but their main touchdown guy is Austin Eckler and that running back position. I think, like you said, eighteen red zone touchdowns. I don't think that changes much. I have him projected for seventeen total touchdowns, which might even be a little bit low. Um, but I think he, you know, I think he goes for about 1600 all purpose yards. I have him projected for 80 receptions this year. Again, I think the targets go up. I think the passing volume goes up. I think Herbert improves and that's going to reflect on Austin Eckler. And I think running back two, running back three finish is not out of the question for him. I don't disagree with you. Um, like I said, I think you and I were pretty, pretty close in these top three. So these were pretty easy. Yeah, we had we had the same uh, same three players in the same order for for our top three, and then right here at number four, that's where we started to differ a little bit. Uh, you had this player at number four, I had this player at number five. Why don't you go ahead and talk about him? Yeah, so our number four consensus is none other than the Yeti, 
Derrick Henry of the Tennessee Titans. I mean, what is there to say about this man before he got hurt? Through eight games, he was averaging 23.4 points a game. That's insane. That is very good. That is insane. Not only that, the man averaged 29.6. Let's just call it what it is. 30 touches per game. Seven more than the next closest running back before his injury. The, The man is a beast. Um, I know he's getting up there in age. I understand the volume, but for me, I would have zero issues still taking Derrick Henry, especially when he is the volume king still. Yeah, you know, I I like Henry. Um, This was where, again, this was where we started to differ. I had Henry ranked fifth in my rankings. He finished his RB18 last year, like you said, only playing eight games. 937 yards, just a few shy of a thousand, still had 10 rushing touchdowns, not a guy that's going to catch passes for you, um, has never gone above 20 receptions in a season. I have him projected right at 20. Uh, The passing volume went up a little bit last year before he got hurt. But the thing that sticks out for me is Derrick Henry is 28 going on 29 years old. Um, Since 2010, 96.3% of running backs that scored at least 250 PPR points did so before the age of 29. That doesn't spell success for Derrick Henry this year. Um, History and the numbers are on his, not on his side this year. Um, He's getting up there in age. He's had insane volume the last two or three seasons. I think he had over 300 carries the two previous seasons before he got hurt and was on pace for over 400 carries last year. So my question for you, do you expect a decline with Derrick Henry because he's getting up there in age or is he the exception? I feel like it's all about what you believe because I can bring up the same argument that we brought up last episode during the tight ends. You know, my argument that I brought up for Travis Kelsey getting up in age. And, you know, people think he's the exception along with Tony Gonzalez that you brought up. So I honestly think it's all about what you believe in. Um, It looks like the Titans were very smart in the way they did his injury, Um, was very slow to come back, made sure that they got everything right. So for me, I'm honestly more comfortable taking Derrick Henry than CMC if I'm basing it off injury-wise. I'm still taking CMC ahead of him. But if you told me which one to pick as far as injuries and who I think is going to be on the field more, I'm going to take Derrick Henry. Absolutely. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, in a PPR, you would 100% take CMC over Derrick Henry. So let me ask you, if you are in a PPR draft, Jonathan Taylor, CMC, Austin Eckler are both of our consensus top three. You're sitting at number four. Do you take Derrick Henry or do you take someone else that is going to potentially get more passing volume? Or would you go with Cooper Cup and one of the wide receivers with that fourth pick? Derrick Henry is the only running back I would go at four. Um, But I don't see there being anyone else, you know, PPR, not just because until he proves me otherwise, as far as volume, they're going to, they're going to give it to him, especially with, you know, the Titans trading their, Number one wide receiver out, drafting a rookie. I still think it's going to be Derrick Henry. However, I will say, me personally, I would take Cooper Cup here over Derrick Henry if I'm sitting at the 104. Okay, interesting. Yeah, um, you know, you said you would 
Derrick Henry would be the only running back you would take there at number four. Moving on to our number five consensus running back is actually the guy that I have at number four that personally I would take over Derrick Henry in that fourth spot. He was the RB3 last year, second-year player Najee Harris. Last season as a rookie, over 300 carries, 1,200 yards, seven touchdowns on the ground, had 94 targets in the passing game, turned that into 74 receptions for 467 yards and three touchdowns through the air. Ten total touchdowns last year. I think that total goes up. I think his volume stays about the same or increases. Um, I think he just improves on those numbers. And, you know, based on the percentages I just gave you for running back ages and where they're finishing on the year, he should be a very good candidate to be the leading rusher or finish very high in the rushing totals. Personally, he's my sleeper pick to finish the top two. Um, I think he has potential to finish up there with Jonathan Taylor, CMC. Again, he's young, only 24 years old, so he's got the youth on his side. I, I, I predict a big year for Najee Harris, and you know I have the, the 10th pick in our first round draft. I would not be upset if Najee Harris somehow fell to me. If, if guys went wide receiver heavy in that first round, I would not be upset to take Najee Harris with the 10th pick. So I don't disagree with anything that you're saying. Um, I actually had Najee Harris as my number six. And he, here, here's why I had Najee at my six. And it's because of one thing and one thing only. It's the quarterback play of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. the Still the issue for me with Harris is his true upside potential in a capped offense by a rookie quarterback or Mitch Trubisky. I say that because last year it was an immobile Ben Roethlisberger. We know he was already on his last hurrah, his last leg, his last arm, and all Big Ben did was check down to Najee. We don't know if that's going to be the case. So for me, it's hard to give Najee that nod. I will not be surprised. He was, um, you know, what we call in the in another fantasy footballers that we listen to. Uh, my guy last year loved him. But because of the what we don't know about the quarterback, he's number six for me. Yeah, I like, you know, like you said, he definitely I would not be surprised if he finished up near the top. Um, for me, I don't think it so much comes down to what quarterback is playing under center who's starting for them. I I don't think that matters. I think it's going to come down to the Pittsburgh Steelers know that they have a nice young running back. And I think that they are going to build their game plan around Najee. And I don't think that whoever's starting at quarterback is going to make much of a difference at the end of the day. I still think Najee is going to be heavily targeted. I still think he's going to get a lot of carries and he didn't miss a game last year. So He's a to good... me, I just feel like the other running backs we have named so far ahead of him, we know exactly what we're getting out of them. And to a certain degree, we do know that about Najee, but to me, not knowing who the starting quarterback's going to be at this point, quote-unquote, and not knowing their game plan, to me, that is why. Yeah, and but... I, think that's where, I think that's where our difference in ranking comes into play. I don't feel that the starting quarterback is going to 
make much of a difference as far as how Najee performs this year, um, where you, on the other hand, feel a little bit different on that. Exactly. So I guess that brings us to our next one, consensus. uh, Number number six, six. and it was actually a guy that you had, the guy that you have ranked um, right above Najee. Yep, and it is your favorite team, Dalvin Cook from the Minnesota Vikings. So here is the thing. When he is healthy, he is a workhorse just like your Derrick Henrys and Najee Harris. We know when it comes to Dalvin Cook, he's going to miss a couple games. We just know that. But we know that he's going to put in the work. He had 15 goal line carries last year. And for me, it's the touches. Even with a very talented wide receiving core, the man still gets touches. He averages 22 touches per game and 15 points per, you know, fantasy game. So for me, I love Dalvin Cook. Um, I definitely think when you draft Dalvin Cook, you have to know what you're getting and know your expectations are. He's going to miss a couple games. Like, he doesn't play a full season. Um, And for me, he's still 27. So he's not quite young, but he's not quite old. Yeah, you know, I I, I feel – so last year – if we're still comparing, you know, him to Najee, they were very close as far as the touches, you know, cook average, like you said, about 21, 22 touches a game. Najee was around 22 and a half, 23 touches a game. To me, the, the nod for Najee over Dalvin cook is simply, you can almost guarantee Dalvin cook's going to miss at least two games. He's done it every year. He's been in the NFL and I don't think that changes. He's a guy that gets hurt once in a while. But like you said, when he is on the field and he plays, he is a very, very elite running back. Um, Last season in only 13 games, 1,159 yards on 249 carries, had six rushing touchdowns, still had 34 receptions in those 13 games. I look for that to go up a little bit. Um, I think with Adam Thielen on the squad, Getting up there in age, I don't think his production is going to be quite as high as previous seasons. It's going to be still Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. Um, Irv Smith is coming back from injury. Uh, Last report that I heard, he should be ready to go for week one. Big hopes for him last year before his injury. Big hopes again this year. So it is going to be another mouth to feed. But I think, again, with the drop in production from Adam Thielen, I think Dalvin Cook's work is going to get increased even more. Um, If he stays healthy, he could have that top five running back finish. RB 16 last year, missing four games. I personally have him ranked as my running back eight. Uh, Might be a little low. But again, I'm accounting for, and we talked about last time, how we generally don't predict injuries when we're doing rankings like this. Dalvin Cook is one of those players that I can't help but factor in injuries He's almost the exception to it. Yeah. Again, again, a guy that is going to miss at least a couple games every year. You have to account for that. Anywhere two to four. Anywhere from two to four. And and honestly, you know, our top three obviously are not changing. I still would put Najee Harris and Derrick Henry and the guys that we have coming up here next at seven, eight, and nine. I would put them above Dalvin Cook. You know, if he's on the field, he's going to produce. When he's not on the field, you're obviously going to have to look for replacement. So if you're spending a high draft pick on a guy like Dalvin Cook, you almost need to go very running back heavy 
in the first three rounds uh, just to have that backup for when he is out. Or at least make sure to get his handcuffed because I will say Alexander Madison, when he was given the shot with Dalvin Cook, uh, does produce. 100%. Alexander Madison is a great handcuff to have. So I do know our next pick is one of your personal favorites that we have talked about in the draft. Absolutely. Why don't you lead them off? Yeah, this is my this is my personal pick for not necessarily the top running back, but he is the guy that I am personally going to target in drafts. Number seven consensus on our ranking, DeAndre Swift, Detroit Lions running back, finishes RB14 last year. I have him ranked seventh overall. You have him ranked eighth overall. Look, 13 games last year, he ran for 617 yards, still caught 62 passes, was targeted 78 times, seven touchdowns, taking out the injury game and the two weeks that he came back at the end of the season when, let's face it, the Lions were well out of contention by week 17 and 18. So let's take out the game he got injured in those final two weeks when he came back that really, let's be honest, didn't matter. In those 10 games, he averaged 18.6 fantasy points a game, which would have been good enough for a fourth-place finish among running backs. Not to mention, in those 10 games, I believe he also led running backs interceptions at 53 at that point. Yes. He's only in his third season. He's only 23 years old. He fits that category that we were talking about earlier, running backs that have an RB1 season. 85% of those are between the ages of 22 and 28, and 72% of our leading rushers were 26 or younger. Now, I'm not predicting he's going to be a leading rusher in the NFL, but he is going to get that PPR work. I have him projected for 80 receptions this year. I think the Lions lean heavily on him. They have him and Amon Ross St. Brown, a couple young players. I think Jared Goff leans heavily on those two guys. And I'm not worried about Williams being in the backfield with him and taking carries from him. That's going to happen. He's going to he's going to eat a few. Most running backs are going to split. But this team is DeAndre Swift's. And I don't know if you've been watching Hard Knocks or not. First couple episodes have been out. They're following the Detroit Lions. I need to catch up on it. Following the Detroit Lions training camp. The first two episodes have been really good. Highly recommend you tune into that. But Deuce Staley, former running back for the Philadelphia Eagles, He is the running backs coach for the Lions, and he said on the last episode of Hard Knocks that DeAndre Swift has all of the same tools as all the greats. He said, I've played against a lot of great running backs, a lot of Hall of Fame running backs. I've played with a lot of Hall of Fame running backs. He said, DeAndre Swift has all of the same tools as all of those guys. He just has to go out there and be the best player on the football field every time he steps out there. So if DeAndre Swift can get locked in mentally, I think sky's the limit for him this year. I I really, you know, I I was definitely a little gun shy on him. But, you know, after hearing your arguments and, you know, you and me talking off air and everything like that, I I, I like him a lot. I I really, really do. Um, There's not much more for me to say about him. Um, I'm definitely interested to see where he finishes. Absolutely. And, you know, I I have him projected for 13 total touchdowns this year. I think, honestly, that number could go even higher. And if he can get into that 16 to 18 touchdown range, I think an RB5 finish is 
not out of the question. Um, he's a running back right now that's going near the end of the first round, beginning of the second round. Um, so yeah, definitely a guy that personally that I will be targeting with that 10th pick. Well, I guess that brings us to number eight. Um, I know this is another personal favorite of yours, but I've been really liking him more and more. Number eight, uh, Joe Mixon of the Cincinnati Bengals. I believe I had him at seven. Where did you have him at, Nick? I had him in my rankings at number nine, right behind Dalvin Cook, actually. All right. So for me, where he is going as far as draft-wise, at least where he went last year, I feel like he is a complete and total steal. I mean, he finished last year third in total touches, six in touches per game, and he also ranked third in goal line carries. Yeah, he was the um, RB4 much, overall. Exactly. Tied Jonathan Taylor and James Conner in red zone touchdown, so he's efficient. And the biggest thing for me is the one thing the Bengals needed more than anything else that they struggled with was offensive line. And what did they do? They went out and put millions and millions of dollars in their offensive line. I don't care if they have, you know, all the receivers in the world, you know, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase. I still think Joe Mixon gets his, and he always finds a way to get his. Yeah, the Bengals, you know, you mentioned their offensive line. Pro Football Focus has them ranked as the number eight offensive line in football to start the season. So definitely an improved offensive line. I was a big, big fan of Joe Mixon last year. He was my he was my pick last year. Um, in almost every mock draft that I did, when it came down to our actual draft, he was the guy I went with. Finished RB4 last year. I was not upset. Joe Mixon was a guy that I could plug in every week, and I knew I was consistently going to get points every week from the guy. Um, you know, I was probably a little spoiled last year, considering I had Najee Harris as well. Um, so I had the RBs three and four last year. Um, but again, not, uh, excuse me, Joe Mixon, almost 50 targets last year, 1200 yards on the ground. He's a guy that's going to get you over a thousand yards on the ground and he's not going to overwhelm you in the passing game, but he's going to get looks. Um, you know, they have, they have other running back, other pass catching running backs that generally eat those targets, but I think it's realistic that Joe Mixon finishes about the same yardage wise. I think his passing work stays roughly the same. Um, I have him slightly worse than what he finished last year. Um, again, I have him ranked ninth in my rankings, a few points behind Dalvin cook. Uh, but I, I don't think that it's out of the realm of possibilities that Joe Mixon improves on that and finishes higher than, than RB nine or in the case of our consensus RB eight. So I know the next one we're going to spend a little bit of time on because I know you and I have had several conversations off air about this one. Absolutely. This next one is our biggest discrepancy as far as rankings go. Um, I have this person ranked sixth. You have this person ranked 10th. They were the RB8 last year. Alvin Kamara, New Orleans Saints. Missed four games last year. Still ran the ball for 898 yards. Caught 47 passes or 439 yards, nine total touchdowns. He actually averaged more carries per game than Joe Mixon. Now, I think we can both agree that Joe Mixon was a workhorse last year. Alvin Kamara touched the ball more than Joe Mixon last year. I don't think the suspension comes into play this season. 
I think it's okay. something that we'll have to deal with next year. I look for Alvin Kamara to be a big focal point of this offense. He's a guy that's been around for years with that team. He knows the playbook. He's going to be the offensive leader on that team. I think Jameis Winston leans heavily on him. Jameis Winston, like it or not, is a relatively smart quarterback, and I think he's going to realize that he has a very elite weapon in the backfield with him, and I think he's going to use him a lot. And, you know, Kamara never rushed for 1,000 yards in his career, but I think that 900 mark is pretty realistic for him. So that's all the reasons you have him where you ranked him. Let me tell you why I have him ranked as low. Uh, It's three reasons. One, I do think the suspension comes in handy. I'm not going to try to be the guy that predicts what the league does, but I will say there is, in my opinion, a better chance that his suspension does come out this year now that the Deshaun Watson, as of this morning, is, you know, done with that. Um, You know, 11 games, $5 million, they've come to an agreement with that. So I do feel like he is next on their list. For me, too, it comes to Jameis Winston. I agree with you. I think he is a smart quarterback. But for me, I don't know if Jameis Winston is going to be able to replicate what Kamara was doing when he had Drew Brees. And for me, the third reason is the talent that the Saints now have. You have Michael Thomas coming back. Look, for better or for worse, Michael Thomas still is going to have some left in the tank. We just don't know how much. On top of the fact that they drafted Chris Olave at wide receiver as well. So for me, all of that is a combination of Kamara is going to be good, but he's not going to be great. Yeah. You know, I think I I don't, I don't hate your, your reasoning. Um, I I think it's, it, it is a possibility that that suspension comes into play this year. Like I said, personally, I don't feel that it's going to be that much of an issue. Um, but right now he's going about the 17th player off the board, RB 10, we have him ranked ninth. Would you, if you're sitting there with that pick, 17th overall, would you take Alvin Kamara or would you prefer other players around him, such as a Debo Samuel, CD Lamb, Tyreek Hill, you know, even a Josh Allen's a few point, you know, a few picks lower than that. Personally, I wouldn't probably take Josh Allen in the second round. I think quarterbacks should always go third round or later. But especially in a PPR uh, league, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer that question two ways. I think if I'm going a running back in the first round, and then he's sitting there and with my second round pick, I think I take the other ones over. I think I still like Debo Samuel more. I like Tyreek Hill more. Um, so draft strategy, I think, plays in the picture. If I'm sitting at the end of the first round, and let's say, God forbid someone like Cooper Cup or Devontae Adams drop to me and I take them, then yeah, I feel more comfortable taking Kamara at the end of it. So I think to answer your question, it's all about draft strategy and who falls to me in the first round um, as far as whether I would take Kamara with that pick or not. Yeah, I mean, that would be the, if my math is adding up here, that would be you'd have the fourth pick of the first round and then you would have the seventh pick of the second round, which would be where Alvin Kamara is going. So yeah, you could possibly end up with a, with a Cooper Cup and an Alvin Kamara, um, would you trust Alvin Kamara as your RB1? If you got a player like Cooper Cup, would you trust Alvin Kamara as your RB1? Or would you prefer to take another running back? You put the caveat in there. If I've got Cooper Cup, then yes, I trust Kamara as my running back one. 
any other wide receiver that I have prior to that, I don't know if I feel comfortable as Kamara is my number one because I know Cooper Cup's going to offset that if anything happens with Kamara, and I feel a lot more comfortable. Okay. So I will say if I am able to grab Cooper Cup with that pick, then yes, I feel comfortable with Kamara being my number one. Okay, and I think you already answered this one, um, but I will ask you one more. If you get either Henry or Najee at that fourth pick, would you still go Alvin Kamara as your RB2, or would you prefer to take a Debo Samuel or a CeeDee Lamb or Tyreek Hill if they're on the board? I'm going to go with Samuel and a Tyreek Hill because I still think there are some running backs that will be there because at that point I'm the fourth pick of the third round, so I still think there's going to be some talent that I would still trust as my RB2. Absolutely, yeah. Other guys that are in that area for that third round pick would be like a Saquon Barkley, Leonard Fournette, um, James Conner, you know, guys like that. So I definitely think, yeah, if you got one of those, a Henry or a Najee in the first round, yeah, I think I would probably wait a little bit um, on Alvin Kamara. So I think this next one, there was a little bit of discrepancy on as well. Correct me if I'm wrong. There was, there was. Um, Aaron Jones at number 10, running back for the Green Bay Packers. You had him ranked ninth overall, um, right ahead of Kamara. I had him ranked 11th, just outside of my top 10. He finishes RB11 last year. He's another guy that's going in that in that range with Alvin Kamara. Uh, Aaron Jones is RB11 off the board. Um, so where we have them in our consensus ranking is where they're going in PPR drafts. I think I think he gets a lot of work this year. And and just because I have him ranked 11th, that doesn't mean I'm not, you know, a fan of Aaron Jones. If things work out, you know, certain running backs go off the board in the first round, I would consider a guy like Aaron Jones at the first turn, you know, at the 1-2 turn. He's not one of my first choices, but... I think the Packers, I think their offense takes a slight step back this year. I think with the young running backs that Aaron Rodgers has, I think that that offense is they're going to struggle a little bit, um, which is going to obviously affect Aaron Jones. He still ran the ball for 800 yards last year, had 10 total touchdowns. I think he can still score 10 to 12 touchdowns. Um, I think it's really all going to come down to how much work he gets in the passing game if that volume goes up from the 52 receptions, 65 targets that he got last year, I think it's very plausible that he could be a top five running back. So Aaron Jones, for me, I'm actually going to use your same argument as to why I think Aaron Jones is going to succeed. I definitely think he has sneaky top five running back upside. Last year, Aaron Jones was a target and reception monster when Devontae Adams missed time. Without Devontae Adams, he averaged... 4.5 catches, 6 targets, and 48 receiving yards a game, not to mention 23 PPR points per game when Devontae Adams wasn't there. You mentioned they don't have a true number one. For for me, it's a recipe for volume for Aaron Jones. So I really like Aaron Jones. Um, That's why I had him ranked ahead of Kamara. Um, I feel a lot safer with him than a lot of running backs uh, around this area simply because when I did my research and I looked at that stat and how much of a monster he was when Devontae Adams wasn't there, to me, knowing Devontae Adams isn't going to be there all season, I really like Aaron Jones. Yeah, I definitely think he improves on the four touchdowns from last year. Obviously, like you said, with Devontae Adams being gone, I think that's more touchdowns to go around. 
I have him projected for 12 this year, 1,300 um, all-purpose yards, 55 receptions. I think the work goes up a little bit. Um, I think if that goes up from – if he gets any more than those 55 receptions, if he's in that 60, 70 reception range, I think he is easily a top-five running back. And, you know, with more work on the ground, maybe the Packers – you know, with the excuse me, with the lack of wide receivers that the Packers have, maybe they lean on a running game a little bit more. I wouldn't think that would be the route they'd go with a Hall of Fame quarterback, but maybe they lean on the run game a little bit more and he improves on those hundred and seventy one carries. I think if he gets two hundred carries, sixty receptions, very easy that he could end up as a top five running back. Let's just go ahead and run off our uh our uh rest of our top fifteen. Um I believe we had Zeke at 11, Nick Chubb at 12, James Conner at 13, Leonard Fournette at 14, and Javante Williams at 15. But I know before we head out, we do want to touch a little bit on Zeke because I know you. Uh, we had a very interesting conversation about him. Yeah, you know, I, I mentioned a few episodes ago that Zeke Elliott has never finished outside of the top 10 in his career. Every single season he has been in the top 10. He was RB7 last year. That's where I have him ranked at number 10 this year. I have him right behind Dalvin Cook and Joe Mixon, one spot above Aaron Jones. Look, everybody said that Zeke had a down year last year with Tony Pollard nipping at his heels. The man still rushed for over a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns on the ground. Out of everybody in our top 10, only four players scored 10 touchdowns on the ground. Zeke also added a couple through the air. I think with the absence now of Amari Cooper, the passing volume for Zeke Elliott is going to go up even more. I think he improves on his 46, excuse me, 47 receptions from last year. I think he rushes for another 1,000 yards this year, right around 10 touchdowns, which I think it puts him very, very close to that top 10 range. I have him just barely above Aaron Jones when it's all statted out. Um, but I think that those two are going to going to end up very close in the rankings at the end of the year. Um, and both of them, I, I actually think, have potential to be in that top five to top seven running back range. So you and I have gone back and forth on this. I think Tony Pollard's going to get more work. I know you don't think it's going to affect as much. Uh, for me, it's a wait and see. I really like Zeke where he's going in drafts right now. Um, I definitely think he has the potential to go off. He's Zeke Elliott, but for me, I am more of a wait and see kind of person right now because I want to know how much they're going to use Tony Pollard. Yeah, right now, Zeke Elliott being taken as the RB15, his ADP right now is right around 30. So he is going at the end of the third round at that 3 4 turn. Now, for me personally, if if Zeke falls to me there at that three four turn, I love him there. I absolutely love him there. I think I, I don't even if Tony Pollard gets more work, I still think Zeke finishes better than RB fifteen. I, I I still think at the end of the day, even with Tony Pollard's you know increased workload that everybody's predicting, I still think Zeke, like I said, runs for a thousand yards. I still think he catches forty five to fifty passes, and at the end of the year, that is going to put him around RB10, RB11. We've talked because I actually, because I'm the number two pick, I'll have the two, three turn. Um, I really like Zeke there. 
I do. If, if he's there, he will be hard not to take. He really will be. Yeah, and honestly, you know, the way we have it set up right now for our rankings, you could get an Aaron Jones right there who you have ranked a little bit higher. Um, other people that are in that range, Javante Williams is coming in at number 21 overall, uh, being taken as RB12. You have Saquon Barkley being taken RB13, Leonard Fournette RB14. So, yeah, I mean, personally, I like Zeke over all of them. Um, I do as well. And, you know, if I happen to feel a little froggy, then I go Cooper Cup with the number two pick. I'm good with getting Aaron Jones and Zeke Elliott at the 2 3 turn. Absolutely. I would not be upset with that either. Not at all. Well, let me ask you about um, let me ask you about one more guy before we before we wrap this up. Saquon Barkley. Where did you have him ranked on your list? So I had Barkley at number twelve. You had Barkley twelfth. So I had Barkley ranked seventeenth in my rankings, um, a little bit lower. And honestly, it wasn't it wasn't really there wasn't a big difference in points. Um, I only had him a couple points behind Josh Jacobs and only less than 10 points behind Javante Williams. So he was very close to cracking my top 15. Um, for me, it's it's his offense. It's the team that he's on. It's his offense. They're not going to be a good team. They're going to be trailing most games. He is not a perennial pass catcher. I don't see them leaning on the run game a lot, being that they're going to be trailing most games. As far as an injury risk, I don't really see him as an injury risk. I think last year was a fluke. Uh, I was watching that game live when it happened. He backed up onto a teammate's foot and rolled his ankle. Freak accident literally could happen to anyone at any time. And, you know, it had nothing to do with the previous injuries that he had been dealing with. As far as we know, those were all healed up. So I I don't think there's so much of an injury risk as it is the game script week in and week out for the Giants is not going to be a plus for Saquon Barkley. So for me, all your points are valid. For me, it's about does Saquon get back to the rookie Saquon? And given that, you know, you bring up the points of the team and everything like that, I 100% agree. But that was also the reason why he did what he did his rookie year because there was no one else. So, Saquon is definitely a wait and see. I think if you take the chance on him, you I mean, it's high risk, high reward. You definitely have a, a guy that could potentially finish, you know, in my opinion, top seven, top eight at the highest. So with where he's going. So um, I'm not going to take him. But if you've got the balls to take him, there's definitely a lot of upside. 100%. And keep in mind, too, he is still only 25 years old. Again, falls in that category of potentially being a leading rusher in the NFL this year. Again, 72% of rushing leaders since 1990, 26 or younger. And also he falls into that RB1 category since 2000. 85% of those RB1 seasons happen between 22 and 28. So Barkley, again, falls inside both of those categories and he's not yet 29 years old. So the potential for him is there. I think if he stays on the field all year, he is going to blow both of our predictions out of the water. I think he finishes higher than RB12 and much, much higher than where I have him at RB17. 100%. Well, guys, we love doing this. Um, I believe next uh, Thursday we're going to 
hit our wide receiver rankings. I know we're really excited for that. Just like the running backs, that's going to be fun. That's going to be a tough one to rank. I'm I've honestly, I think I've been putting that one off because I'm, (laughs) I I know that ranking these wide receivers is going to be a tough challenge. Once you get out of those top two or three, um, I think everybody knows who the top three are going to be. Uh, Once you get out of that top three, I think it's going to get very dicey. And you and I have been on the same page with a lot of our rankings, so I'm very, very curious to see where we fall with wide receiver rankings. Absolutely. It's going to be fun. And then, again, two weeks from today, we are going to do our mock draft. John will be drafting from the number two spot. I will be drafting from the 10 spot. It will be a 10-man league draft. PPR, we will do the full 15 rounds and go over each of our picks and our train of thought on why we are taking those players. Well, that will wrap it up for us, guys. Let us know what you thought of the show in the comments. As always, my name is Jonathan, and I'm the Ebony. And my name is Nick, and I'm the Ivory.